This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. I told first service that I felt a whole lot of freedom without Pastor Chris sitting in the front row. (laughs) Feeling just a little bit dangerous this morning. My name is Rennie Bailey, and I'm the associate pastor here at Christian Chapel. And if you are, this is your first time visiting us, we want to welcome you. It's great to have you here this morning. Pastor Chris has been teaching a series titled, It's Not Over. If you're not dead, God's not done. And this morning, we're going to be wrapping up this sermon series. My sermon title for today is Flourishing in Difficulty. Over the years, I've had the wonderful privilege and opportunity to get to support those sitting across from me who have been going through or are still going through some very difficult places in their lives. And almost always, in some form or fashion, I am always asked the same question. How do we keep our relationship with Jesus fresh and strong and full of life when we go through seasons of difficulty? So this morning, I want to share with you what I do to keep my relationship with Jesus fresh and strong when life feels hard. In our experience as human beings, we will periodically encounter those places in our lives where life just sometimes feels hard. I know in my own life, sometimes I can't point to the why or locate why life feels hard, but it just feels hard. You know those places where you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other? Maybe where life feels stale and dry, and you find yourself asking the question, is this all there is? Do you know what I mean? Those places that seem to blend together one ordinary day after another. Or maybe you're in a place where I was a few years ago. Our family had hit one trial after the another. We went through three deaths in a period of two years. One of them was our 16-year-old son. And we had lost our steam and our desire and energy, and life just felt hard. Or more recently, for me, I find myself in the middle of a broken relationship in my family. I feel like I've been handling the struggle the way Jesus has led me to. I've surrendered my worries and my fears to him. I've held my hands to the heavens and let his grace and his truth lead me through this season. But then I rose one morning and my faith felt dull and monotonous and inadequate. I want to ask you this morning, have you been there? It happens to all of us at one point or another. Usually a number of times during our life journey, it's part of our human experience. When I hit these places in my own life, Psalm 92 has become a place that I go to in the Bible to keep my relationship with Jesus fresh and strong, to keep it flourishing and growing and filled with passion in a place that is filled with difficulty. It becomes a plumb line for me. A plumb line is a line that is directed to the center of gravity of the earth. It's a straight line that is perfectly vertical. You'll find a number of references to a plumb line in Scripture, usually in reference to God's standards as a plumb line. Now, the traditional tool for finding a plumb line is a plumb bob. It's a fun little word. The plumb bob is an ancient tool that is still used today. I became familiar with it when I was 18. 
I grew up on a farm that was fairly large in western Kansas. My brothers were a lot younger than I was, so I had the wonderful experience of working the farm with my dad. When I left home at the age of 18 and moved to the big city, has anybody here ever heard of Garden City, Kansas? (laughs) You know? Yes. (laughs) It's a town or a small city. It's grown, but it's filled with the smell of feedlots and beef packing plants. I began the process of looking for a job. I had zero experience in retail sales. I had not worked in any restaurants. The only thing I knew was physical labor. It was not a good environment for me as a young woman, but it's part of my journey. And I am amazed how God will take those things in our life that are messy and maybe hard to look at, and he will take them and reshape them and use them for his use for his kingdom. This is one of those places for me. The plumb bob is incredibly simple. So simple that the first time my boss pulled it out to use, I thought it was a joke. I laughed. I was used to tools that you could wrap your hands around and feel the metal and iron tools that you could move and manipulate. But a plumb bob is basically a string and a weight. You have a string with a heavy weight attached to it, and this weight is drawn to the gravity of the center of the earth, and the string creates a reference line that is perfectly vertical. Builders use it so when they erect walls and they're building a structure, they can know that their wall is completely vertical. They know that if a wall is leaning from one side to the other, that gravity will pull on this wall, can deform it, and it can pull the structure of the wall down. My husband Dan, who's unable to be here this morning, he's been in Zambia with our son and daughter-in-law Shane and Chelsea, and um, he's helping them build a small home. He's also recently retired from a career of 45 years. He's a journeyman lineman. He's had an amazing career of working on utility poles from one coast of the United States to the other. He's one of the guys who gets your power back on when there's a storm. He would use a plumb bob, in fact, this is his, to help them erect perfectly straight poles. When we're traveling, or even if we're in town, and I'm, to be honest with you, it can be annoying at times, he will point out poles they're leaning. <laughs> in some places, there's quite frequent. Um, he knows that this pole, through the heavy winds and storms, and, and heavy weight of snow and ice will continue to pull the pole off center until eventually the pole will come down, bringing the power lines with it. When I was in a season where life felt hard, Jesus drew me to Psalm 92. With Jesus as the gravity that I was drawn to, this psalm helped me to establish my plumb line. It helped me to see that I wasn't completely vertical with Christ. It helped me to see that I wasn't completely in line with his will and his purpose for my life. It helped me to determine that some of the construction in my life had gotten off center. It helped me to assess that my attitude and my approach to life was slowly pulling me off center. Psalm 92 is also a target that I hit my daily experience with Jesus. It reminds me of what my day-to-day experience with Christ can be, even in those seasons of great difficulty. It helps me to check and see before my day has begun if I am in vertical alignment with Christ. You see, I've learned that if I am not aligned with Jesus, 
If I am off center, I will continue to be pulled off center by the high stress and distractions of life. And I will move further and further away from his purpose and will for my life. My hope for today is that Psalm 92 will also become a familiar tool for you to use when life just feels hard. To get your life and your perspective realigned with Christ. To help remind you, as it has for me, the how and why of what our daily experience with Jesus can be, even in difficult times. Because of our time restraint this morning, we're going to look at three different sections of Psalm 92. But I want to encourage you to read the entirety of the psalm because there's other points in there that will add wisdom to the three points we're going to discuss today. We're going to begin with verses 1 and 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. When you read through the entirety of the psalm, you'll be able to tell that it's written by someone who is seasoned in life. It's someone who's been through some stuff in their life. It's a song or a psalm of praise that was written for the Sabbath day. So the, the author was wanting that when they came together to experience Jesus, that they would worship him, much like we've done on a Sabbath day today. But when I translate this into my daily experience, in a season where life just feels hard, this verse confronts me. It challenges me. There's a wrestling match that happens in my heart. In order for me to authentically praise and worship Jesus, I have to determine why I am praising him, why I am thanking him. And let's be honest, if you and I are in a season where life is difficult, that usually means there's not a whole lot of things going on in your life that are praiseworthy. When I am experiencing heartache from a broken relationship in my family, the last thing I feel like doing is praising and thanking God. This verse challenges me to evaluate in this difficult place, what is my perspective towards Christ? Am I only going to offer my worship and thanksgiving to him when life is going well? Verse 1 challenges me with the idea that in spite of what I'm going through, it is still good to praise Jesus. And often, to be honest with you, I'm going to have to reach past my emotions. I'm going to have to reach past my feelings. I'm going to have to reach past my disappointments. I'm going to have to reach past the circumstances that I'm currently in that I see all around me. And I'm going to have to keep reaching until I get to and lay hold of the raw basics of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God so loved you and I that he sent his son, Jesus, to the earth as an expression of his love. That God loved you and I so much that he sent his son Jesus to the death, to the torture, to the burial, and to the resurrection so that you and I could be reconnected with God for eternity. And that is where I find my reason for worshiping God when life just feels hard. My day rests and begins on this foundation I choose at this point to frame my day in the knowledge of this great love. I find my worth and my value here. I find my purpose here. This is not positive thinking or self-determination or five steps to a better day. This is the truth of the gospel. This is the loving kindness of your God. No marital problem, 
no financial problem, no heartache from a broken relationship, no medical diagnosis, nothing, nothing can touch this foundational truth of the gospel. And this is how I begin my day, by declaring his unfailing love. I don't do it perfectly. Oftentimes, it's not real pretty. Sometimes it takes a bit, but I reach until I get there. And as I do this, a change begins to happen in my heart. Worship changes us. My emotions, my attitudes, my thoughts begin to be redirected towards God. And I find myself present and in the moment with Jesus. My eyes are not directed towards myself and my to-do list. But they are squarely on my God. And I move into intentional gratitude. You see, when we worship Jesus, we can't help but thank him. As we move into worship, things of this earth begin to fall away. And we are reminded of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And it's at this place that the whole trajectory of my day has just changed. Through my worship and thanksgiving, I have begun the process of correcting my vertical alignment with Christ. I have been reminded of his perspective and of his vision for my day and for my life. This posture, this focus guides my day. It helps me to navigate through the events of my day. And because of this, of choosing to frame my day in this powerful truth of his deep love for me, at the end of the day, I can also declare his faithfulness. The day may not have gone the way I wanted it to, maybe the way I expected it to. I may have gotten some terrible news throughout the day. I may have experienced some deep heartache. But when I have walked through a day that has been where I have been reminded of this deep love for God that God has for me, I can be confident that God sees me, he's with me, and he will cause everything to work together for his good. And because of this, I can authentically and joyously declare his faithfulness at the end of the day. I didn't come to know Jesus till my early 30s, and I remember well what it was like to walk through trials without Christ. Those seasons were marked by unmanageable grief and hopelessness. I couldn't see a way out from those hard and difficult places, But now, having Jesus in my life changes everything, especially my perspective during difficult seasons. The sum total of my day and my life does not rest on what I'm experiencing in the moment. There is far more to my existence as a follower of Christ in this hard place that I find myself in. This difficult season does not define who I am. Worshiping Jesus produces joy. And when worship produces joy during a difficult season, it is one of the greatest presentations of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, I couldn't stand on my own in a difficult season. Psalm 92.10 reminds me that with God, I can stand in this hard place. Verse 10 reads, But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. 
The wild ox was known for its power and strength. It was known and used for its great ability and endurance. It was used with great confidence in getting things done. This verse reminds me that by God's spirit, I am equipped and able to obtain the strength and power like that of a wild ox to navigate through my day and through this season of difficulty. I don't have to be tossed around by the storms of life. I have the ability because of Jesus to stand strong and secure in difficult seasons. The rest of verse 10 tells us that we have been anointed with the finest oils. Oil speaks of God's grace. We can be secure in knowing that God will anoint us, that because of this great love that he has for us, God will extend his grace towards us. Grace that is needed for the day and specifically for this difficult season that we find ourselves in to give us the ability to walk through this season that just feels hard. In the season of difficulty, I can rest assured that there is nothing beyond his control and that his grace is sufficient for me. Psalm 92 concludes by reminding us that we don't just stand, but we flourish in hard seasons. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. (laughs) Got that in first service too, yes. We've all seen news reports of devastation along coastlines where hurricanes or tsunamis have hit, right? The coastlines are scattered with debris, but we will almost always see palm trees standing. Palm trees have an amazing ability to bend. When storms come, they bend with the high winds. Sometimes, even to the point of being horizontal to the ground, they bend, but they don't break. When the storm dies down, the palm tree has the ability to stand upright again. Scientists have found that they are actually stronger after a storm. It's a general understanding that when the Bible speaks of a palm tree, it's speaking of the date palm. I found it fascinating that every part of the date palm is usable. There's nothing wasted. Cedar trees are also amazing trees. As I mentioned earlier, my husband just recently retired as a lineman. The most desirable wood for utility poles is cedar. Cedar provides this outstanding flexibility and strength to allow the poles to withstand severe weather conditions, and extreme weight from snow and ice. Both trees are evergreens. They keep their leaves and remain purposeful throughout their lifespan. I am reminded in verse 12 that because I walk with Jesus, that like the palm tree, I have the ability to bend with the storms of life. I have the ability To bend, and when I am at the center of the storm and life feels hard, I can know that after the storm, I also have the ability to stand upright again. I can be vertical with Christ. And like the date palm, there's nothing in my life that is wasted, not even the storms in my life. In fact, because of the storms, my relationship with Jesus can be stronger. People greeted Jesus with palm branches when he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. 
They laid the branches in his path. They waved, waved them in celebration. Our lives, even in difficult seasons, can bring Christ's praise and glory. We can celebrate Jesus and what he has done for us in these difficult places. Verse 13 reminds me that I flourish and I grow stronger through these seasons of difficulty because I have been planted in his kingdom. To flourish means to grow well. It means to be healthy and full of life. When I bring this into my daily experience, I think of being planted in the local church. One of the amazing features of the cedar trees is the root systems. That picture is amazing to me. The cedars of Lebanon are found along the snow line in the mountains of Lebanon. The cedar trees have an amazing root system which reaches out and entwines itself with the cedar roots that are surrounding it. This gives the trees the strength and ability to hang off the sides of a mountain when a storm hits and they remain firmly rooted, even with the harsh and straight line winds that you encounter along a mountain snow line. When we go through difficult seasons, our inclination, because of our humanness, will be to pull back from our church family. Everything within us will cry out to isolate ourselves, to pull back and stay uninvolved, to stay home on a Sunday morning, to pull out of a home group when life feels hard. And church, I'm not sharing this with you this morning from this legalistic point of view that if you don't a church, attend church every Sunday, you're not really a Christian. Please hear my heart. I'm speaking from personal experience. I didn't always get this right. When we first moved to Tulsa, I was in a difficult season. Because of his job, Dan was having to bounce back and forth between California and here to get us established here. At one point, there was a period of seven months that we were separated. My son Kyle and I, the last of our five boys, began um, creating this new season that we found ourselves in. And even though we began attending Christian Chapel here from the very beginning, I didn't begin putting roots down. I didn't get started with home groups. I didn't attend Wednesday nights. I came to church most Sundays. But when life felt really hard, or I was wore out from raising a teenager on my own, my flesh cried out to stay home. I grew up doing life this way. And then when I entered the Christian world, I took this mindset with me, and this mindset was very individualistic. My belief was that my relationship with God was between him and me and no one else. And that's true, but only up to a point. And this is where God began to show me this idea of the root system in Psalm 92. This fullness of life that Jesus says that he has for you and I can only come when we're planted and intertwined around those around us. We were meant to be together as a church. Just like the cedars of Lebanon, we need each other to endure the storms of life, to keep us from falling off the side of a mountain when the storms are blowing. Just like the cedars, we find safety and comfort and strength when we are deeply rooted and entwined with our church family. I have personally found that this is the best way for me to stay fresh and strong and full of passion in a difficult season. 
Home groups are a wonderful way to get planted. It allows you to get to know others in a season of life that you're in. It helps you to develop deep friendships. Serving in your local church is also a great way to get planted. Helping those around you produces life and vitality. To flourish means to be healthy and growing. When we serve others, it keeps us, helps us to keep a healthy perspective. We don't become focused on ourselves in a season of difficulty. It doesn't mean we ignore what's going on around us, but as we let Jesus use us to pour out his life through us, we are refreshed in the process. It prevents us from becoming stale and dry when life feels hard. Verse 14 tells us that if we stay planted, if we are involved and purposely and intentionally investing in those around us, even in old age, we will still produce fruit. We will remain vital and green. The date palm produces its sweetest fruit and best harvest in its later years. This verse tells me that as I grow older in life, and we all will, there is no need There's no end to what Jesus can produce through my life. June 20th will mark eight years that we have lived here in the Tulsa area. Before we moved here, our family lived in a small, on a small working ranch 45 miles east of Colorado Springs. Dan worked as a lineman in Colorado Springs and I homeschooled and I ran, ran our private feedlot. I loved cattle. I grew up doing that and I loved it the most when I was working with my sons. Living on that ranch represents to me a 10-year period of restoration and emotional healing for my family. We had experienced multiple life-changing events before moving there. But I also love sharing about God and what he had done personally in my life as a woman, a wife, and a mother, and what I knew he could do for others, so I was involved in ministry as well. At the age of 50... God called us to Tulsa. Dan and I left everything we knew. We left our only grandchildren at the time and our adult kids, and we trusted what God was calling us to. It began a series of events for me personally. At the age of 56, I became ordained as a pastor, and now at 58, I've begun a whole new season of life. Take a look at those sitting around you this morning. You will see those who are more seasoned in life displaying some of the sweetest fruits they've ever displayed. And it's come after seasons of great difficulty. When life feels hard and difficult, my hope and prayer for you has been that you will let Psalm 92 determine your plumb line. To let Jesus be the gravity that you are drawn to. Begin by worshiping God. Keep praising him until you reach that foundational truth of his great and deep love for you. And then frame this day and this season in this love. Remind yourself that because of Jesus, you have the capability and strength to walk through this hard place. That he sees you and that his grace is sufficient for you. And friends, stay planted. Stay connected to your church family. Don't pull back. In fact, look for ways to reach to those around you. Even if it's just a cup of coffee and listening to someone on a Monday morning. It'll keep you fresh and strong. It'll keep you full of vitality and life. And if you do this, 
at the end of the day, at the end of a season of difficulty, and at the end of your life, you will be able to declare that the Lord is just, that he is your rock, and there is no evil in him. As we sing this song, I really would encourage you to listen to the words. I chose it because I think it speaks of this journey we're on in a difficult season, and it shows how Jesus can be there in every season of our life. And then we'll close in prayer. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.